Welcome to Tales from Tunes. Hey, Tubi friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tales from Tubi. If you don't know what Tales from Tubi is, this is a series I do over here on Old Man Brad, where I take my love of Tubi and my love of horror movies, and I mash them together in this nice little package. All the movies that we talk about here on Tales from Tubi are available on Tubi at the time of recording. If you come to this later, hopefully they are still available there. So we've reached October. Spooktober. Halloween season. I mean, it's been Halloween for me for, I mean, it's mostly all year long. But this month... For Tales from Tubi, every Friday, I will be bringing in a special guest to talk with me. So just make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of these great episodes I have lined up for the month. So without further ado, let's bring in our first guest of the month. He is one of my best friends in podcasting. Absolutely love this dude. I want to welcome in Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast. How you doing, Gerald? I am an intruder. On <laughs> you are Tubi. an intruder. I made you watch a movie oh, uh, on Tubi. I know, man. Hey, Tubi's <laughs> got some good shit, though. They do. There's a lot of good movies on there. I mean, I'm not saying like <laughs> intruder and the schlocky stuff's not good because there's a space for that too. But there yeah. was a lot of like award-winning movies on there that I was surprised to see. Yeah, they they have a really good library, not just the the schlocky stuff, like you said. Well, you'll be happy to know that because I was doing intruder for this. I watched it a few days ago, and in order to continue watching, when you like pause it or whatever, you have to have an account. Otherwise, it should start playing over from the beginning again. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, so I had to pause it a couple times, like you know, kids, whatever. And I would come back to it, and every time I would come back to it, it would start at the beginning. And I realized, like, okay, so I think you'll be happy to know that I now have a 2B login. Oh, so that's paying, you're paying big money for that, aren't you? I am. I'm paying $0 for it, <laughs> and so far, it's worth every penny. <laughs> Well, as Gerald oh, said, we are man. we are talking the movie Intruder from 1989. Good evening, Walnut Lake shoppers. It's closing time. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. But the night crew still has work to do. Oh my God, we're going to get in so much trouble. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No, this creep keeps calling her. He's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. You're crazy! In fact, he wants to chop until they all drop. I saw him kill Linda. And now he's turning their retail store. There's going to be one more killing here tonight. Into a wholesale slaughterhouse. Give you the quick uh, synopsis. The overnight stock crew of a local supermarket find themselves being stalked and slashed by a mysterious maniac. I mean, that pretty much sums it up right there. Like, it does. You, you have a killer in a supermarket. So this is directed by Scott Spiegel, and it has both the Raimi brothers in it and a little cameo from Bruce Campbell. And Scott Spiegel is had little roles in every one of Raimi's movies. So 
It's kind of his connection with them. Okay. Really quick, before we dig into the spoiler side of things, what were your, your yeah. initial thoughts on Intruder? Well, this came out in 89. My, my initial thoughts are, it's not really what I was expecting based on everybody involved that you just mentioned, okay. for example. Yeah. And being that it was the later part of the decade, too, I think this came out in like October of 89. So it was like right at the end of the decade. So the setup, I love. I love the idea of these people kind of trapped in a grocery store and, you know, being stalked by this, you know, hidden killer, if you will. So I really liked the setup. It played a little more like early 80s for me, which I wasn't really expecting. I didn't hate it. uh, And we'll get in, you know, further discussion about different scenes and stuff like that. But it just was, I don't know how to put this. Not as like advanced as I was kind of thinking it would be. It was a little more kind of like, especially the first half was like dull for me. Uh, and then when things start happening, it kind of it got better as it went on. Yeah, th- this was a rewatch for me, and it definitely kind of drags there for a little bit. And when things finally get going, you're like, okay, all right, cool. Now I'm all in. This is kind of where I remembered it going and what i think what i enjoyed about it is when things really got going because some of the kills we'll talk about those some of the kills are pretty darn good Harley, yeah they're good <laughs> i enjoyed this movie when i i first saw it a couple years ago and i was like Wait, this is a full 80s low budget dish slasher film so i just i really enjoyed it I think from henceforth we'll just we'll just rip off the band-aid and just go full in. So if you haven't seen okay. it, there will be spoilers. We're gonna talk about probably the kills and other said things as we go along. <laughs> you know, one thing I want to say, Brad, and this is really just kind of a general statement, but Intruder kind of like made this come front of mind for me is that it's interesting because I had never seen this. This was mm-hmm. the first time watch for me. And there's very few like kind of like 80s schlocky movies that were not necessarily mainstream, but had names like Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi yeah. that I haven't seen. And I had never seen this one. I'd heard about it. I knew about it. I'd seen people have reviewed it on Letterboxd that were friends of mine and stuff like that. So what's interesting, and I wanted to ask you, like, it's it's so different when you see a movie for the very first time in 2023 mm-hmm. or, you know, versus seeing it when you're like 12 or 13, which is when oh, yeah. I saw a lot of the older 80s movies. It's just so weird like the lens that you see movies through so i think that definitely hindered my enjoyment of it because i was seeing it as a 47 year old dude in 2023 (laughs) and not a teenager in the 80s or 90s you know what i mean so i I do because i think if i would have watched this in 1989 i probably would have put it like oh my gosh this is like one of the greatest movies ever kind of thing especially with some of those kills yeah i agree (laughs) yeah it's just weird how that kind of like popped him because you know if i if this had been a like if in other words if i'd seen this like in the early 90s and i was a teenager oh yeah i would have thought this is the greatest shit ever you know and then i would have been re-watching it but i would have still had that kind of allegiance to it yes so i probably would have been a little more forgiving to it for having a connection i didn't have a connection to it i'd never seen it so for that reason it was just kind of middle of the road for me in terms of like 80 slashers i mean there is some stuff in here that is just gold and then there's some stuff that i was kind of like this is the stupidest shit. Yeah, like, like, like you said, it it does start off a little slow, and there got to a point in this movie with the POV shots. I was like, how many of those are we gonna have? Like, like was he just experimenting? Like, ah, where can we set the camera, or what can we set in front of the camera? You know, like yeah. in the basket, behind walls, you know, looking like you're down 
on the ground as they're like, what was it? Sweeping, sweeping. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And that one shot of the killer, like turning the doorknob really slowly. So I guess the camera was on the doorknob. Yeah. So, yeah, it, was so like it was like turning. Like um, some of those were cool, but then it got to a point of like, okay, it was cool. We don't need to keep doing it. Yeah. I wish they would have <laughs> traded some of those camera gimmicks for like pacing. Yeah. Because the first half of this movie was like brutally slow. Like I almost texted you like, I'm not going to be able to finish this <laughs> because like there nothing was happening. You have this night crew and then this uh, guy shows up and you think, oh, okay, this is going to be the guy. And he's like the ex-boyfriend of one of the people who keeps harassing him. And then there's this weird fight scene. And I love after yeah. like the manager was like, good job. Good job handling that situation. I was like. How is that a good job handling the situation? They just started punching the guy. And he got away. Yeah. <laughs> you're just fighting. You're just gang fighting a customer. That's yeah. not the way to handle. I wish we could handle customers. I'm in retail. I would love to handle customers <laughs> like that. It was a weird kind of setup to what we ended up getting. And also, you know, and yes. I, it's not fair. It's not fair to really break, like, kind of break down some of the plot holes and stuff like that. But I mean, like, just leave. Like, what are these people doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you staying in this supermarket? How imperative is it that you do these price changes? Like, let's just hold off till tomorrow. There's some crazy shit going on. We just need to go home for the night. Especially, yeah, after you know? the fight. Hey, we're, we're going to go home. Even, even yeah. though the manager's like, you know, we're selling the place. You know, you got till the first of the month and we're done. So we got to we gotta clean up. Like, what's the point now? Like, you're, you're closing down anyways. So yeah. just let it be. After we get through that first half, though, I didn't really like the reveal either, which we can talk about at the end later. But, okay. Um, but between that, like, when we get to that first half point, some of the kills start happening, and some of the body count starts adding up until, like, the very, very end reveal. And then the end end, I was like, they forget to, <laughs> I feel like they just ended it. <laughs> like, I feel like they forgot to leave a scene in or something at the very end of the movie. It just literally cut to credits with some dude laughing maniacally, and that was it. Like I said, it was like middle of the road. Like I don't know. I don't know if you do. Do you do scores on the show? Yes. Yeah. It's like literally out of five. Yeah, it's like literally two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I gave it a three. Like I thought it was good, especially that second half. Like and the kills were great, but it was that beginning part that kind of like, like you said, kind of brought it down for me. Also, I think so. this was uh, Greg Nicotero too, right? Yeah, Greg Doing Nicotero the- and Robert Kurtzman did the effects in this movie. Yeah, you can tell they um. They're obviously really good with prosthetics and practical yes. effects, and you know the scene with the guy getting his his face cut in half on the oh that was uh, oh that was bone brutal or whatever brutal, yeah. but it was still awesome. And then you get to see it later where he they kind of prop his head up, but it's sideways, so the mm-hmm. the eyes and the the face are turned, and you're just like oh man. I think the first time yeah. I saw it, I I'm sure you were you were like oh, yeah. or the hydraulic press, the hydraulic yeah slowly see him yeah. smash the dude's head it's funny too because you can see like a kill like that bone saw kill with the face or whatever you can see a lot of that in current horror in the last yes. like five ten years you know those types of kills that i don't know i guess there was a bit of a taboo period in horror from like the 90s until recently where they just wouldn't do stuff as graphic as that as like you saw like maybe when terrifier came along and then you started to see it a little bit more often, and you can kind of track it back to movies like Intruder, which was really cool for me because, I, like I said, I'd never seen that particular mm-hmm. one. But seeing it, I'm like, oh, well, that's like, you know, Terrifier or like the Fear Street kill or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, kind of yeah, like. Because yeah. usually there was a point where you'd get to, okay, you start to see it, maybe start seeing some blood, but then it 
it cuts away and you either mm-hmm. hear it or I mean, I guess once we get to the Saw movies is where you really start to yeah. kind of like see a lot more graphic. Yeah, it kind of yeah, the gore graphic. came back, you know, yeah. with stuff like that and Eli Roth and not to know, say I mean, it didn't go away. Like it was still there in the '90s, but it, it it I get what you mean. Like in uh, the '80s, it was like how much how too, much maybe. blood could we like squirt out. <laughs> <laughs> I think too maybe there was just a weird period of like between practical and CGI. Yes. And I, I don't know if I don't know if filmmakers like didn't know what to do or what was the cost effective or what the fans wanted or they tried to do both or like do you know I mean it was just a weird period and now it's like you have these filmmakers that are like, This is what we're doing. Uh-huh. I only do practical or you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm a CGI guy or like whatever. So uh but there was a, a weird kind of period where we were in between two different styles of these types of effects. You know, I love seeing it in intruder though. I mean, practically, I mean, anytime you can see work of those guys like Nicotero, I mean, just top notch. Yeah. And and their work is just, you can tell that it is a prosthetic, but it's really well done. Like Mm -hmm. the, the, the head crush and the saw scene. And then the scene with the manager, when they push his through his eye, like just Mm -hmm. slowed, it's just great work that they did. Well, what they do too is, I mean, they make it effective. You know, they don't make it like comical or cartoonish. I mean, you yeah. know, you might laugh at it because it is kind of outrageous, but like you said, you cringe too, though. Like you, you kind of cover your eyes and cringe a little bit because you kind of feel that pain. You know what I mean? Although the uh, Ted Raimi's death. I mean that was that was pretty comical. Which one? Which one was his? I'm sorry. His even... was the one where he was he was cutting. I think it was carrots, and all it cut to the knife up and then down. Cut to the knife up and then eventually it it oh, cut right. in his head and his his headphones split off. Right, right. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I mean there was some. Um, it, I mean it was 80 schlock. I mean it really oh, yeah. was. It was. Uh, it was cool to see Bruce Campbell in there for a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, a very, very minor role. I think the other police officer with Bruce Campbell was Lawrence Bender, um, who was a producer on Pulp Fiction, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Let me uh, find find out if that's And right. then one yeah. of the girls, not yeah. the main girl who was played by Elizabeth Cox, but the her friend was Renee mm-hmm. Estevez, sister of Emilio and Charlie Sheen. Okay. Another thing too about this, I wanted to ask you. Like, I didn't care about any of these characters. No, like I literally didn't. Like the I main girl, you kind of paper thin, kind of a little bit. You're like, oh, she's getting treated poorly. I kind of care a little bit about her, but everyone else, they're just there, just to die. Like when they're having the fight scene, and Sam Raimi comes walking around the corner with his like, I guess a little cup of coffee <laughs> or something, and like that, it's yeah, in the yeah. middle of it, and like they they were yeah. definitely all throwaways. It was so like. <laughs> Turn the lights on. Did you think it was really dark in this grocery yes. store? Like, there's already uh, some weird shit going on. This ex boyfriend stalking one of your employees. Like, turn the lights on. Like, why is it so dark it's in there? You know, closed. and they're just like, you know, they're just like going along. Like, it's no big deal. After the last customer, you just see the, you see all the lights turned off, and they just they just had to leave them off. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm not trying to get into logistics. Cause, I mean, you can't really. But you yeah. said you. You had an issue with the twist. So when we finally, the reveal of who is the killer, because the whole time it's it's a lot of POV of the killer and 
in the shadows and it they kind of set it up to make it seem like okay the boyfriend is still stalking around the store yeah. and he's the one doing it but then you get the the reveal and it's one of the owners of the store who is killing everybody and his intent was to kill the other manager as the 51% control but everyone else had to die so that way that there was no he could cover all right. his bases and I, I, I don't know how he was going to get away with this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did based on the ending. I don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It was really weird. Didn't he die at the end? Like they arrested her and then he like laughed, but then he died. And then it kind of, yeah, I don't cut. know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. The ending was the two, her and the ex getting arrested by Campbell. And he's in the fucking phone booth, like on the verge of After death. they like he's got stabbed him up. The like they were just like, yeah butcher knife I'm like hacking him and uh he's like they did it they killed everybody or whatever and and then, he and died. then he's like laughing and then that's it did he die though i, think, I, mean, I don't I think know he i feel died like just he's laughing and they showed him and he's just kind of sitting there like eyes open I, th- I think he was dead like hey he did it or they did this and then he died but so they can't oh, okay. prove either way really so they it's all well, falling on them is kind of what they're making it seem i guess i don't know i feel like I never thought it was the ex-boyfriend. I thought that was too obvious, and I'm glad it wasn't. Because well, the movie in the I, 80s, I never thought it was. Him. I guess if I would have watched this in 1989, I would have never thought of like a twist ending. I know there were plenty of twist endings back then of like you know Sleepaway Camp and and other movies. So it probably wouldn't. Twelve year old me wouldn't well, even have thought of that. It would have been like, oh, yeah, maybe that's true. But as I was watching it, I was like, you know, trying to do that thing where like, who's the killer? I never thought it was the ex-boyfriend. So okay. even when he came back ca- came back into the picture, I wasn't kind of fooled by that. And there was that one scene where she put the hook in his neck or whatever, and he f- fell over onto the ground, mm-hmm. and she's backing up. And I'm like, okay, she's going to back up, and the real killer is going to be there. So I kind of knew it wasn't the ex-boyfriend. Did you ever suspect that it was the other owner? Especially because the last time you saw him, he w- had a hammer getting swung on his head. But that was the last time you saw him. And that was no, not really. I kind of forgot about him, actually. Yeah, I was surprised that it was him. I didn't I didn't see that reveal coming. I guess I would have. I don't know. For me, it would have played a little bit better if it had been kind of like a stranger, like somebody that we barely saw or wasn't really a part of the crew. And that I don't know. I feel like that would have worked a little bit better for me, like kind of a more of a mysterious character, because this guy's like super slapsticky, too. Yes. So when he does get, re- and he's not the best actor in the world, so. Yeah, once he's <laughs> revealed, he just goes like bonkers. Super ham. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. He's hamming it up. And then. Uh, and then that last then scene where they. Dumb like, shit, too. Hack him. Her name. What was the main girl's name? Jennifer? Jennifer, yeah. The main one, right? Yeah. Just dumb shit. Like, why is she like that one scene when he's revealed and then he's chasing her? Is she hides behind like the popcorn display or whatever? Like, oh yeah, when he starts, he starts hacking the bags of popcorn to get to. Him. Just throwing yeah. it away, man. I mean, there's some crazy like <laughs> shit that I, I'm just like questioning, like what? I mean, it's a good time, man. Look, I mean, it's not. If you love '80s horror movies, it's a good time. If you don't oh, like '80s horror movies, you'll hate it. I mean, that's basically what it comes down. Well, to. That, that's that's one of the reasons I asked you to come on to do this. I knew you hadn't seen it. And I know you, I mean, like me, we're, we grew up at that time. So we're fans of the yeah. 80s and the 90s, like horror films. So 
I was like, mm-hmm. I want to see what I want to see what my friend Gerald thinks of this one. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I thought the kills were really cool. I love seeing the practical stuff in here. I love seeing you know young Sam Raimi kind of dancing around in the butcher area. <laughs> I just didn't care about any of the characters. I thought no. I thought the setup was really cool. Like I um, I saw a movie recently that kind of reminded me of this a little bit. It was much more recent, but called The Last Matinee, where it was set in a movie theater. Yes, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, where it's like a really really cool like everyday setting for like a slasher. So like a grocery store kind of fits Uh that bill too, or like a library or like, you know, it's like a cool place that everybody goes to on a daily basis. And for whatever reason, you're trapped in there. You know, I think that's a really cool setup. So when I read the premise and I saw the really cool eighties poster with the, with the artwork, I'm like, this is going to be badass, you know? Um, And there were parts of it that were, but the first half kind of ruined it for me because the pacing was just, I mean, I was literally like ag- in agonizing pain <laughs> getting through the first like 45 minutes of the movie. But it is um, one of those, like you go back, I'll go back and rewatch a lot of these classics that I love. And that, that I mean, that pacing, it's it, it's a lot slower. It's an issue. Yeah. And, it, you know, they, to their, to their credit, Spiegel, I mean, they did some really inventive things with the camera. It would be like. You know, and you mentioned it was overdone, which I agree with for the most part. Some of it was, yeah. Yeah, but it would be like, you know, college kids making their first movie and just kind of experimenting, especially back then. You know, oh, with like yeah. different things you can do and cool shots. And he, He's buddies with Sam Raimi and all the Evil Dead stuff, mm-hmm. and he's involved in the Evil Dead stuff. Like, Raimi's known for his camera, yeah. like, basically, you know, the way it moves and, and its POV shots. So he was just experimenting with... You know, let's change it up a little bit so it doesn't move as much. It's more static. One of my favorite things that he did with the camera in this movie, which is a little more subtle, was when um, he filmed her kind of creeping around the grocery store trying to elude the killer. And there was like a reflection shot of her in the aquarium. You remember that? Yeah. In the lobster tank or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it kind of showed it kind of showed her reflection in the glass. Uh, I thought that was really cool, and you see that used really all the time uh, yeah. going forward. Well, even so. even at the beginning when the they close the doors of the mm-hmm. and you grocery see him store standing and the reflections, the, yeah, st- he's standing there. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of like unbelievable stuff, but you can't, you know, you can't grade it on that because I mean it's an eighty slasher, so <laughs> hardly anything is believable in these movies. So if you can kind of take that out, like I said, if you love '80s horror, you'll yeah. you'll dig it. Yeah, if you imagine. love '80s horror, '80s slashers, go check it out. It was, I mean, it, it's got some good kills, some good practical effects, and it's definitely worth it for that, in my opinion. I'm not joking though. I didn't look at the timestamp, but I'm not. I'm not kidding. You could probably start this movie like 45 minutes in, and you would literally <laughs> you'd miss st- nothing. You'd still know what was going on and still follow along. Like you would literally know exactly <laughs> what was happening, and you would start to see some kills a few minutes later. Like I mean. It just took. It was a really cool premise that they didn't t- need to take that long to yeah. set up the action. Yeah, you know that's the only real major qualm I have with it. Gerald, I want to thank you for getting on Tubi, signing up for an account, and watching Intruder with me. Yeah, I deleted the account already. You deleted, okay, all right. You didn't want <laughs> him to charge. You didn't want him to charge you next month for for. I'm uh, kidding, Tubi. I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Nah, man, it's cool. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to correct the blind spot, and it's always fun to talk to you, so thanks for having me. But before we head out, tell people about the peas. The new peas. Two peas. Yeah, two. the new two peas on a podcast. Me and my buddy Nick just talk about the latest and sometimes greatest movies every week. Sometimes not uh, greatest we, movies. Sometimes not. Well, it depends <laughs> on who you're asking. True. Uh, I assume that was a, a shout-out to the room there, yeah. but yeah. Uh, one, of our, one of our hosts loves that movie. The other one did not, but... 
you can tune in to find out who is who <laughs> on that one. But yeah, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts. Just two P's on a podcast. That's TWO spelled out. We're over on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's going to be called tomorrow at two P's on a pod. Follow us over there for updates, but we have new episodes every Wednesday. And Brad came in and filled in for me when I was on vacation about a I month did, ago. I did. I talked uh, last, the other last the voyage of the Demeter with Nick. It was quite fun. That's right. I dug that one too. Now, see, that one's heavy CGI. Yes. A lot of but CGI. It was still good. It, was still good. But it did good. Yeah. yeah but you, you can see the disparaging kind of like the differences there. Well, that will do it for another episode of Tales from Tubi. Just make sure you subscribe to Old Man Brad and you won't miss any of these great episodes. I have another special guest coming next Friday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out who it might be. Just snuggle up in that blanket, turn off the lights, because it's okay to be scared. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Everybody.